to the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob, for old times, huh? Harley Quinn, nice to meet ya. <laughs> Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very ill friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion. What we like to do here is we like to review movies and TV shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also like to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility now chris is part of our run-up to christmas both on this podcast comics in motion and also the vhs strikes back we've decided to look at a few christmas movies that may be a little bit offbeat some of them what are we going to review this week well dave i've got to say you know i have done you a few times on our podcast and you did pick this one and i have been questioning our friendship for this last week since watching this movie but we are going to be reviewing the 1992 batman returns starring michael keaton danny devito and the rather catwoman like michelle pfeiffer michelle pfeiffer indeed <laughs> i'm sure we'll be getting onto that one a little bit more so i mean what what do you reckon to this movie what what do you remember about it when it came out I remember going to the cinema. I didn't go and see the 89 Batman. I remember one of my best friends going and telling me all about it. And we just got into it from there. The whole Prince uh, song, the Vicky Vale, everything, Jack Nicholson. Obviously, we've reviewed that on Comics in Motion. I remember going to see this. And genuinely, Dave, this is probably the third time I've ever watched this since 1992. So I went in the cinema. Obviously, in the UK, we never used to get it literally like we do now, where it's within a day or sometimes earlier, they get like the premieres and that. I think it was a couple of months after it was out in America. And I remember going to watch it and thinking, right, okay. And then coming out and thinking, can't be that bad. And then in the 90s, when I really started, sort of the mid to late 90s, I really started collecting videos. And I had obviously the Val Kilmer, the George Clooney ones, as we reviewed them as well. And I remember thinking, I'm going to have to buy that and watching it and buying it on video and never watching it again. I mean, I'd, obviously, I'm not <laughs> blowing my load a little bit, but but genuinely, it's never one that in my subconscious, if you said to me, pick a Batman movie, it was probably going to be near the bottom, if I'm being honest, Dave. What about yourself? Yeah, that that's interesting, that. Because, I mean, how did you get away without watching the 1989 Batman? Because in the build-up to it coming out, it was absolutely everywhere. You just couldn't avoid it at all. And I absolutely loved that at the time. And we went back and reviewed it, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Oof quite a long time ago now but I mean it, it didn't quite stand up and, and we didn't quite remember it how we we thought of it back then but for this one I remember at the time thinking yep that's taken it another step down the dark alley you know so when I 89 Batman came out I felt you know this was very very dark uh, this one was just a step more into that Tim Burton world and I think coming back to look at it now I think my frame of reference, because we'd grown up on the 1966 type Batman, hadn't we? You know, the Adam yeah. West Batman. And yeah, it's a lot darker than that. But I think it's still heavily influenced from this world. And so, you know, when I, I got older, because <clears throat> I mean, when it came out, I, I wasn't reading that much Batman and didn't really absorb you know some of the earlier stories because when the comics code authority came out it did he did get watered down along with all his villains and what have you but you know realizing now how dark the source material is you know and certainly can be um it, it just i i'm questioning my own memory about how dark this one was to be honest yeah and i i think we're sort of on the same lines with this because from this movie, Dave, I'll be honest with you, I absolutely hate anything that Tim Burton does, if I'm being honest, other than the one where Johnny Depp is the beheaded uh, horse guy. Oh, the Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. The, other than that, which I thought was okay, 
everything else he's done, I've never seen Edward Scissorhands all the way through. Never interested. Beetlejuice, I've never seen. Uh, oh, my God. I just don't like that art I'm style, Dave. No, no. <laughs> I genuinely don't like that art style and that, that dark, I don't know, it's like a caricature world he creates. I think he did, didn't he do Adam's Family at one point as well and, and with Christina Ricci and stuff and, and Raul Julia. And it's just not my thing at all. It just And I think from this movie, not knowing who he was, and I know a friend, my wife, Sam's best friend, Laura, she's um, studied in making films. She's made a lot of like movies for uh, bands, stuff like that, you know, that, that sort of stuff, videos and stuff. And she knew him, and and she, she said like, I, I know who he is. You know, he's a he's a he's a quite a good guy, quite eccentric. But I, I remember having a discussion with her saying this was going back about 10, 15 years ago. Going, I just don't get it. I just not my cup of tea. And she said, Yeah, but people really love that style of of the way he does it. It's the, it's the dark colours. I'm not a big fan of. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah, he does have his own distinctive style and and obviously in and around this time, you know, Batman 1989 and Batman Returns was probably his it was probably his peak because, you know, I mean he's made Dumbo recently, hasn't he? And and you know, done exactly the same again, took this colourful Disney cartoon and made it uh, a bit darker. So you kind of know what you're getting and I do respect the fact, you know, he, he does have this uh, almost like, you know, he kind of wants to be left alone to make his little indie films, I get the impression. But then, you know, uh, everyone likes a bit of money, don't they? <laughs> so, Not wrong with that, Dave. <laughs> yeah, so, so he sort of sells out a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, it's definitely an interesting one that I remember. And like I say, I didn't enjoy it as much. I definitely, I didn't like uh, Danny DeVito's portrayal of Penguin. I thought Batman, you know, was hardly in it for a Batman movie. But I'll tell you one thing I did enjoy, Chris. Catwoman. Well, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 Dave. Before we go any further, let's get into our trailer because I'm sure we're going to spend a bit of time on Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, we'd like to spend a bit we'd of time. Like to, anyway, yes. let's, let's move quickly on, Dave. <laughs> oh, dear. I've been down here too long. It's time for me to ascend. From the sewers of Gotham, a new villain emerges. of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. Yeah. <laughs> and the only one who can save this city a creature of the night. Hey, stud. I thought we had something together. We do. While she craves a romance she can sink her claws into. You can't into a girl like me. He plots a foul reign of destruction. My dear penguin! Thanks to Batman, the time has come to punish all of Gotham! Right, so Dave, as you mentioned just before we played our trailer, 
let's talk about Michelle Pfeiffer because I am with you on that. I think Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer is pretty much, I'm not a massive fan of her portrayal as such, but if there was any character on the screen I was happy with, it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Michael came not bothered about, whereas on the polarizing opposite side of it, I fucking hate Danny DeVito in this movie. I hate every ounce of this penguin. But let, before we go on to him, what are your sort of uh, things that drew you to Catwoman? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's fucking fit going around in a leather PVC type cat suit. <laughs> what do you mean? What do I like about I was just teeing you up, David, you know? <laughs> So so let's forget. Okay, so let's forget the cat suit initially. I mean, especially around this time. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer is absolutely lovely, isn't she? And probably, you know, a a close template to my perfect woman, to be honest. Now, I I just think that, you know, she'd done stuff like, uh, was it Dangerous Liaison? So I kind of knew of her. Um, before coming into this. And it's one of those tropes that you got in the kind of 80s and less so. I mean, this is 92, isn't it? But, you know, you you stick a, <laughs> you get a beautiful woman and you stick a pair of glasses and ruffle her hair up a bit, make her look a bit unkept and you're supposed to believe that she's not beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you can still tell, tell that she's stunning. And so, <laughs> oh, Selena Kyle there has been a secretary to Christopher Walken's character, Shrek. And you can see what is interesting about this, actually, is you're starting to see a trend away from, you know, the, the quite awfully portrayed women in in 80s movies that we've seen where they're, they're pretty much useless, aren't they, and, and just the damsel in distress. So even before the whole Catwoman transformation, you know, she's she's pretty smart, but, you know, probably just doesn't stick up for herself. And, you know, she tries to pipe up in Shrek's meeting, but, you know, gets shot down, sort of belittles her, doesn't he? You know, that she makes she makes great coffees as if that's all she can do. So I kind of like this build up to her. You know, she's got she's been let down by everyone in her life, isn't she? You know, she's got a boyfriend or ex-boyfriend dumping her over a voicemail Um you know, and so everything's kind of going wrong. She's a bit of, bit of a stereotypical crazy cat lady. Um, but when actually she does get thrown out the window, I think uh, the first thing I, I think it just confused the hell out of me. What, what actually happened when I watched this movie for the first time? And I still look at it now, and I think, what the hell went on there? You know, she gets put, pu- pushed out the window. Easy for me to say. Yep. <laughs> she gets pushed out of the window and then kind of gets nibbled at by all these cats. We have a bit of an eye flicker thing. And then she's suddenly this self-assured cat woman. I mean, what what do you make to that whole transformation? Utter bullshit from China. I, uh, I absolutely don't understand. I remember watching it back then, Davey, 92. So I was about 13 when this came out. And genuinely... I didn't understand it then. I couldn't work out whether there was some sort of superhero serum she had, something. You know, you could you could get if, say, in my eyes, what I'd see as is a bit like the Spider-Man mutation. So if a cat had been at Wayne Industry or whatever it is, and he'd been in the chemical department and it had some sort of ooze or goo, had, you know, he'd, he'd licked it or something and he or she became like this sort of mutant cat and that's what's nibbling on her and she gets it in her, in her veins and in her blood. I can buy that. I can't buy that from nowhere. She falls off a building and all these cats are around her and they're eating her like it's a bit of kitty cat and the next minute she's a superhero or a baddie superhero. I, I, I have a massive problem. As much as the suit looks fantastic on her, I think she's so wooden and terrible. It's almost like watching a, a piss take of Batman, really. In some respects, I feel like I'm watching some sort of like naked gun version of Batman where they're just parodying the whole thing. And, and Michelle Pfeiffer, for me, is awful. There's a bit when she first comes, Catwoman, and she rescues that woman who's being mugged. And she she sort of beats the guy up, kills him, she then grabs hold of the woman. But then she does this ridiculous, supposedly, backflip. But you can clearly see she's trying to bend back for her life So before the stunt person comes in. And I'm just like, this is shit. I think everything about this movie is what I hate about superhero movie because I just think the bad guys and girls are pretty terrible, to be honest. And I think Michael Keaton, who 
absolutely dials this one in. He must have had maybe about as many lines as Arnie in Terminator 2. <laughs> and, and he's there, isn't he? They descend for the bat signal. And again, Commissioner Gordon and his sidekick are absolutely just so vanilla. It's like the 1966 one. It's like send for the bat signal. And there's Batman in his mansion or Bruce Wayne just sat there in deep thought, the weirdo, just looking into the shadows. And then all of a sudden the sign comes through the window and I'm like, it's too convenient. There's no... There's no context to any of this movie. Even the stuff with the penguin is, is utter bollocks, Dave. I'm sorry, it really is. But what, what was he actually doing? Just sat That's there I mean. in the dark. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he was dreaming of the cat, uh, the cat suit, Dave. I don't know, but it's like uh, it's fuck ridiculous. me, I'm bored. <laughs> Come yeah, on, Gotham, commit some crime. And, and he's yeah, and he's trying to like smolder in he, you know, like this sort of chiselled look. But Michael Keaton's just for me. He's just, he's not big. He never was big enough as Batman. I said that with against Kim Basinger. He's, he looked like a bloody, uh, he just, well, I'm not going to say it completely incorrect, but I've said it before on here, but he just looked too small and never convinced by him. And I know a lot of people buzz off Michael Keaton, but for me, Dave, he's not Batman at all. And he's not a Bruce Wayne either. I think it's probably the time that you started watching movies, maybe. Mm. You know, maybe you've missed out on the Adam West Batman and, uh, you just grew up on the '89 and '92 Batman movies, and then that's your that's your Batman. But no, I agree. I, I don't think he's very good, to be honest. No, and I, I, I mean, like you say that you're right. I mean, the Adam West stuff, I did grow up on. I, I literally watched them shows when we were off school. Probably like yourself, Dave, wasn't it? He, he's just. We're probably the same opinion you've just said. It. I don't know. I, I, I just find it really weird watching this again and thinking, you know what? I am so glad I've not watched this since the mid-90s because I, my biggest problem with the whole movie is Danny DeVito. I can get away with Batman. I can get away with Catwoman. There's a bit of chemistry between them. I, I'm not completely convinced because I just... But I, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is trying everything she can to be sexy and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I get it. I sort of get it. I think she looks more attractive when she's not got the cat suit on, if I'm being honest, Dave. When she yeah, transforms... Yeah, yeah. And she's she's not just this differing receptionist who's very uh, sort of scatty and, and very nervous. She's really got a great sex appeal about her. I, really, I can buy into that. I really can, uh, Selena Cal. I really, really can. But I just think this Danny DeVito penguin is fucking diabolical. I mean, the fact he's got black goo down his face, the whole design of of his makeup that the i mean i'm going to steal this from you because when we spoke before we recorded this you mentioned about the, the suit dave i'll let you elaborate but that bodysuit is probably one of the worst things i've seen i don't even think in the 1966 batman would have seen so much so bad no i mean it, it just looked terrible and i remember thinking it looked terrible at the time and, you know some things don't age well but I distinctly remember that and thinking, oh, that just looks crap. You you can tell he's all puffed out and stuff. You know, he doesn't look doesn't look fat or bulked out or anything. I'm pretty sure if you just put Danny DeVito in Long John's around that time, you know, he'd pull off that penguin look. But, I mean, they, these are two old school villains. So, you know, Catwoman was actually, uh, she, she appeared in Batman number one back in 1940. Um, and, and, Actually, both were created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane together. So Penguin, you had a little bit later, he appeared right at the end of 1941 in Detective Comics number 58. So so these are proper, you know, old school, original Batman villains gallery characters. But, I mean, Catwoman, they sort of do an okay job with. Um, Penguin, they completely just throw out his origin and everything that he's about. You know, they basically make him... So he's this physically deformed uh, cat-eating baby, you know, before he's thrown off down a, you know, in a Moses kind of way, sent off in the old Moses basket. But yeah, I, I really didn't like the way they just made him this kind of villainous monster. And yeah, looking back at it now, I mean, it, I guess Tim Burton probably got what he was after that you've got this disgusting little character. And, you know, when you have this fairly unbelievable team up with him and Shrek, you know, and he's kind of chomping away at a raw fish, you know, Shrek's oh. coaxing him down the down the stairs with a raw fish, you know, and it, yeah, there's just something off about it. And, you know, we talk about, you know, wanting certain characters, but definitely, you know, this is not a patch on Burgess Meredith. No, 
No, and, and it makes it worse. I did comment when we did the 66 one. I love Burgess Meredith, I really do, but he, he was too much. He tries it a bit, Danny DeVito, but it's just this whole demeanour, and I agree that he's, he, he's like a mutant, which, you know, I, I just can't buy it. I can't buy that he's a physical match for Batman. Even, you know, you've got like the Joker or the Riddler. They're sort of like mentally, they are a match, aren't they, for Bruce Wayne, one way or the other, or, or Batman. There's stuff they can do. They have the right sort of people around them. All he's got the Penguin is a load of fucking deadbeats around him who just, nobody looks physically imposing because you know he can't fight uh, Batman. And <laughs> I, I, honestly, Dave, I think it's one of the worst, worst, and I know it's review, sorry to interrupt. I know on Metacritic, it's 79% out of, on 80 reviews. Crazy. And it's like, what Absolutely fucking film are you crazy. watching? You know, you know what I can, for some of these older movies, I can only think that they've taken reviews. So like, you know, I, you know, the problem I have with Rotten Tomatoes. So someone in Rotten yeah. Tomatoes just reads a review and decides, okay, are they, are they mostly saying positive stuff about it or mostly saying negative stuff about it? You know, I, I think that listen to our podcast, they'd probably negatively review everything. <laughs> so, so there's someone internal and then they go, right, we'll mark it as this. And I think this, I'm not sure how good it was at the time and how well-reviewed it was at the time, but I don't think this has aged well at all. And I think the reason, you know, elaborating on what I said before, the reason I think I thought it was dark is because that of that 1966 Adam West Batman. Um, but it's not dark at all, is it? I think this is even more ridiculous than Batman 1989. Some of the little gadgets and stuff. Some of the, I mean, the plot. What is the plot all about? It's nothing, so, is it? Yeah. So, so basically, you've got Shrek, who, who's a department store owner, who wants to build like a, a new a, a power station, a power plant, but <laughs> instead of you know generating power, it's gonna suck up all the energy from Gotham. And you're like, and then what? Are, are you gonna yeah. sell it off? Are you gonna sell it back to Gotham? But what are you gonna do? <laughs> And then, you know, like the penguin. Oh, let's make you the mayor and run against the mayor. Well, that's a bit of a fucking leap, isn't it? <laughs> but Dave, you say that, but it's almost like a mafia outfit coming in and taking over karate dojos just because that $2 a week they get subs off little Archie there who comes to the karate. He's going to mastermind and bankroll their whole operation in gun running or drugs. You know, Allah, if anyone doesn't get the reference, no receipt, no surrender. I agree. I think there's no story. There's no context to anything that's going on other than introducing these characters. And I think... I think you're right. You're saying ridiculous 89. I think this even stretches and makes the 66 Batman, even though it's 30, was it 30 years earlier? 30, probably 25 years earlier. Absolute masterpiece compared to this shit because I just think the whole style, the art style, the cinematography, the way the, way the character is introduced. I mean, Christopher Walken, who I rate as a great actor, He's fucking blagging this one. He has literally come in oh, and just took his jet. Time, oh, he? my God. He's <laughs> terrible, Dave. He's absolutely terrible. And I like Christopher Walken. If it, it, it feels like, as I mentioned before, it feels like I'm watching a parody or a YouTube sort of Batman, you know, low-budget thing because I just don't get any of what's going on. I, I, I know the story, like you've just said, there's no real... For me as the audience watching it now, there's nothing that I'm invested in in the movie. I, I, I'm literally not, you know, uh, uh, all right, you know, like we both said, the Catwoman outfit, and you go, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. She, she looks great, she looks sexy in it. And I remember at the time, it was news everywhere, wasn't it, Michelle Pfeiffer in that suit? You know, she did a lot of training in karate, yeah. taekwondo, stuff like that. She really did get in shape. She wasn't out of shape probably, but she actually, really actually, trained. Can I pause you there? So yeah. you know that scene in the department store? You know, and she's got a whip because, again, if she's got a bit of a brain injury, because there was nothing mystical about it. I think when I first thought, watched it, I was thinking, like you say, are these radioactive cats or something? You know, yeah. there was nothing like that. So if you say, okay, it was a brain injury, how does she suddenly get good at hand to hand combat and, and whip skills? But she'd done that much training. She actually got that, you know, where, she, where she's whipping off the mannequins' heads and stuff. One take. 
first, or, or rather, they probably took others, but it was the first take that she did that. And you're like, yeah, that's not bad, not bad. So I think her, you know, the actress, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think she had some skills there. Yeah, I agree. I think she, I think she took or injured the trainer, the whip trainer, I think, as well. In, oh, really? In, yeah, when she was getting in shape and that. But, but no, I agree. And and I think one of the things that runs throughout this movie, Dave, and, and obviously you can correct me or disagree on this. I've got no problem with that. Obviously, what this is about. But this whole Bruce Wayne, Selena Kyle little love thing that's going on, didn't feel it one bit throughout the movie. I didn't understand and fucking. Bruce Wayne here, Michael Keaton. He can't wait to tell everybody. Can he? you always mention that YouTube <laughs> channel that you watch, don't you? Where they just he has to reveal, or Superman has to reveal his identity, <laughs> and he's literally chomping at the bit to tell her. And I'm like, but why? What? You've literally known her for about two weeks. You know, it's it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. It is, and not nothing's really happened. I mean, there was a little bit of a scene, wasn't there? There was a bit of a moment when um, they were at the party where everyone's got their masks on. And, you know, the the vigilantes, they're the ones without the masks on. You know, there's probably a, probably an intentional thing there. I think there was a little bit of a moment between them. But um, I guess ultimately it's just not believable because you're looking at Michelle Pfeiffer and you're looking at Michael Keaton and you're going, yeah, you got no chance, son. <laughs> Even if you're a billionaire, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I do agree. I, I th- <laughs> Sorry. But, um... I mean, what were you saying? You you're right about no retreat, no surrender, and I, you know what we did over on the VHS strikes back. But that was a low budget kung fu movie. You know, <laughs> this is an eighty million pound budget blockbuster, and so you're kind of expecting a bit better, aren't you? But I, you know, the way these scripts get generated in Hollywood, and there's so many rewrites and stuff, and certain things live on, and certain things get dropped. You know, so Shrek's character was supposed to be um, Harvey Dent, I think, in one of the iterations, and you were supposed to have, uh, you know, if he's got his power, if he's got his influence within the uh, the council, the, whatever they're called, um, you, you would kind of make that a bit more believable than this newly created guy who's, who's a department store owner. But it, it's just... <sighs> It is just a lot of nonsense. But the thing you mentioned about Batman 66, it knew what it was. You know, when you have a dolphin, you know, leaping in front of Batman to save Batman, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it knows what it is. So it plays up to that. Whereas this is like this, this really dark take on Batman. But you've still got these fantastical things. You know, when the Penguin takes over the Batmobile, you know, after he's he's outed him and stuff, uh, you know, because he's trying to plot, you know, he's, he's someone evil. So all the voters and stuff realize, you know, he's not their guy. And he's he's got control of the Batmobile, but he's got a little, like, toy ride Batmobile all made up and stuff in his penguins lair. And you're like, how long did it take you to build that? You know, just for this one little gag, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, it's fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And we mentioned on that Batman 66, how the penguin bought a submarine on the Monday by the following Monday, that it fully commissioned and decaled out in penguin gear. Didn't he? you know, it's an unbelievable turnaround that day. I mean, we can forgive it in 66 Batman, even though I did call it out. In this, I can't forgive anything, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. The fact that this budget was eighty million, and it was a financial success. It made two hundred, just under two hundred seventy million worldwide. It's like you're just living off the coattails of one D eighty nine Batman and the name Batman in DC Comics because it's just an for me, it's a truly atrocious movie, and and I. Genuinely, I know we'll get into it when we get into our scores. I genuinely can never, ever see me watching this again. I just think there's so many plot holes and so many things. You know, we laugh about it. I don't know it's a reference because we've only re- just reviewed this on uh, it was uh, it was our 100th episode, wasn't it? So it's only a couple of yeah. episodes ago. But we, I was calling out that, the fact that just conveniently off camera, that like you say, the fucking the flying fucking porpoise. kamikaze porpoise who, who takes one for the team from nowhere. And it's not even mentioned, but you, you you called me on that and you're right. It's because it's a piss take of itself. And I'm like, no, I think it's serious. But when I watch this, this is just bad, bad movie making. And I love to hear 
an argument from anybody listening because we're, we're not the be all and end all. What we say isn't gospel. It's just our opinion. And obviously watching it 35 years or 37 years later, you are watching with different eyes. The technology, the, the storytelling's changed a lot. They didn't really know back then how to tell a proper comic book story, did they? There was not a lot of realism in a lot of the things. And, and I think watching it now, my God, but I would really love somebody to counter-argue what we say about it and just, just give it perspective, whether it's on Twitter or on uh, email, just something, because I genuinely completely missed the mark on this, even this time round, Dave. I have nothing fond to say about it, really. <laughs> and and Batman's a really interesting character, isn't he, within this whole comic book genre that we've got, because, you know, the journey that that character's been on, you got this Batman 1989 take, you know, and that one made 411 million. And we say it was a fi- Batman Returns was a financial success, but that made 266. So yeah, you sh- you could say, you know, it's it's a financial success, but that's that's less than two-thirds of what the original one made. And there was lots of, you know, like all of these movies, they get lots of stuff from product placement and, you know, promotions and what have you. And McDonald's had a Batman Returns promotion. And like, so they had little penguin uh, toys made up and stuff like that. And I think they ended up pulling out because, you know, when you see the movie and you've got penguin biting someone's nose off, it's like, uh, this isn't exactly what we signed up for. So, you know, this one killed... Um, Tim Burton in this franchise, you know, because he was all up for making a third movie, but and then no one would actually come out and just tell him straight. I think they were all dancing around it a bit. It's like, uh, wouldn't you sooner make something else? So that's why he ended up handing the reins over to Schumacher. And, uh, you know, what can we say about those ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, I'll tell you what we can say. I enjoy both of them a lot more, even though I slagged off the George Clooney, uh, version of Batman. I, I I would watch that over this oh, any day. No. I would, Dave. I'm sorry. I would. Really? Uh, this, yeah, oh, this is terrible. I really, I just, I just do not like Danny DeVito. I think he's fucking awful in it. I really, even his acting is terrible. I mean, look, let's, let's sort it out. So, so say we're at the end of the movie, right? You've got this fight scene where you've got the penguin with Batman. He's got all these little penguins coming down, almost reminiscent of Superman three at the start, which is a fucking parody anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you've got that, that little penguin things, aren't you going around the city and they've been set on fire and all oh, that yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. nonsense going on. And it's a proper skit, like, you know, uh, slapstick joking. You've got this. So obviously Batman and then Alfred decide to jam. Now, Dave, can we just quit? I know we're talking about the idea, but can we talk about the bat CD player? Oh, you know, God, oh, <laughs> there is nothing. Actually, yeah, I was kind of, you know, talking about individual moments and stuff, but oh, the Bat CD player, that just pissed me off. Because, you know, vinyl, we know how vinyl works, you know, and so you can scratch it. CDs don't fucking scratch like a vinyl record. So <laughs> the fact that it is a Bat CD is enough to, you know, put me up to a, an eight or a nine on the rageometer. <laughs> the nerd rageometer but when he starts fucking scratching it like it's a record i was just like oh fuck off <laughs> i think that's totally wrong dave i mean we said it on the 66 episode everything just has bat in front of it and that was almost a nod to that because it was fucking ridiculous i agree absolutely and, nonsensical and, and just to explain myself if if it was in batman 66 or a batman 66 type movies obviously cds didn't exist then but you know if you were doing something and with that tone i think it's just because it's supposed to be this really dark take and there's there's all this fucking horrendous stuff like you know that that green blackish goo that devito's always got coming out of his mouth it, it just looks horrible but to throw in these silly little moments as well you know it just it just it says to me you, do, you don't know what you're doing you don't know what you're making are you making a kids movie or are you doing some dark gritty take on batman yeah i i think you're right i think you're right they have to appeal to a certain audience with this and dave for me, right, there's always a point in a movie, and you know this with me, there's always something where I call something out, whether it's a great movie or not. So let's let's get a bit of context. It's Batman, Bruce Wayne. He's been shot a couple of times in this movie, right, Dave? Deflected him, 
got shot, the bat suits, obviously Kevlar or whatever it is, it's bulletproof. He can do anything. At the end, the penguin's been killed by this point because he gets thrown into the sewage, doesn't he, after he has a bit of a battle with Batman. <laughs> but then as the worst kind of dying speech in the world, I, I don't know yeah. what the point of that was before you get the little dudes in uh, penguin suits coming out. No. Uh, bizarre. But yeah, totally bizarre. Again, t- absolute nonsense. And then we get Shrek and we get Selena Kyle, Catwoman. And we get this whole battle. And it's a bit shit. And Batman, for some reason, just likes to stand in front of Catwoman and just admire the suit because she can literally dig him, kick him, do whatever she wants, stabs him early in the movie. And he literally just stands there like a puppy dog. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's almost Chuck Norris level of, you stand there while four other guys stand around me. I'll fight you one-on-one. And then you come at me one by one. And I'm like, oh, God, this is terrible. But anyway, she has this to-and-froing, doesn't she, with Shrek and Bruce Wayne. And... Batman's obviously got superhuman gloves on Dave because he rips <laughs> the suit off, right? Like it's made out of paper mash and rips his mask off. And at that point in the movie, so he reveals to Shrek and Selena, Catwoman, that he's Batman, he's Bruce Wayne, right? Sorry, he's Bruce Wayne. I know a hundred million percent that pretty much Shrek is going to be a goner within the next 20 seconds because yeah, there's no absolutely. way. No way. I remember it constantly in Smallville, one of my favorite TV shows, which I'm actually just about to start watching again. But there was at least in this, I don't know, it's about 10, 11 series, at least in them 200 episodes, there was three or four times where Clark revealed himself, either by mistake or he had to. And then conveniently, by the end of the episode, there was either some sort of time paradox, which reversed everything. There was some sort of spell cast on somebody, so they wiped the memory of the last 24 hours. There was always some absolute ridiculous plot thing, even though I love that show. And this was like, I'm thinking, well, they're both going to be dead, aren't they? Because there's no way he's going to be able to reveal that he's Bruce Wayne. I know at the end we get a slight nod with Catwoman that she isn't actually dead. But this thing with him, and I was like, all right, fair enough. That's, but the way he's, his mask comes off is fucking ridiculous, Dave. Absolutely stupid. <laughs> it's just such a you know soft rubber mask kind of thing. But but also just the motivation. You 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 fiercely fearlessly or fiercelessly. I think I, I was right the first time. You guarding your secret identity. But a hot woman shows up, and you you just want to tell them what your secret identity is. It, it was just nonsense. And like, all right, you've ripped it off. You can't actually get it back on. How are you going to get back to the Batcave without anyone else seeing you? I know. It's <laughs> just fucking stupid. Absolute nonsense. And but only trumped by the fact that you know. You mentioned Chuck Norris there. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer can take as many bullets as Chuck Norris and just run them off. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that, that's smart a bit, that one. That's just, you know, we'll f- they have this electrocuted kiss kind of thing. Uh, Shrek looks like an extra off uh, the thriller. <laughs> you know, he's one of the thriller zombies or something. And she's she gets off scot-free. And, you, you know, they were playing up the whole a cat has nine lives kind of thing. Let me tell you, they don't really. It's a fucking no. saying. They don't really have uh, yeah. nine lives, you know, and it's just, it's, oh, Burton, what the fuck are you actually trying to do with all of this? You're just ruining all my favorite characters here. And, and I think just before we get into our review, I agree with you. I was going to mention that is that cat with nine lives thing. She gets shot three for two. She goes, well, that means I've got five lives left. So he goes, fuck that. I'll shoot you again. Four, no, three, two, one. Well, whatever you want. (laughs) Like you say, it's an old wives tale that for some reason, good old Timmy there decided to fucking run with it. I mean, surely someone, I mean, surely when we were younger, someone must have said that doesn't even make any sense, Dave. I, I can't believe that he's not been called out on that because that has got one of the worst ways to introduce a Character. I mean, look at uh, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, Dave. She was a cat. She was the Catwoman because she was a cat burglar. Yes, she could fight, and yes, she looked rather good in that suit. But it wasn't <laughs> like she had superpowers, or she'd been she'd fell off a building, and a load of fucking stray cats had just pissed on her or something. And she became Catwoman. <laughs> it's just nonsense. <laughs> I think you know, like I say, Tim Burton. He's not a fan of comic book movies, and he had to be coerced into doing that 1989 Batman. And I think it's just, it, it's what people think comic book movies are, I think. You know, Catwoman, Bat, 
Batman, they aren't superhuman. You know, they, they, they're just humans. All right, they're at their peak of physical fitness and what have you. And, and obviously, Batman's super smart, you know, world's greatest detective and all of that. But they, they're still limited by their human frames, you know. And it just yes. seems that Burton's just said, oh, comic book movies, it's all a bit silly. And, you know, we can, we can do these silly things. I, I, I don't know. I, I think he does think maybe that she is like superhuman or something. You know, and or at least it's it, it leads the viewer to think that you know. So if you knew nothing yeah. about Catwoman going into this, I think you would have thought these were mystical radioactive cats or something. You know, so I don't know. I, you know what? As you said before, I'm sure that there might be people listening to this saying, "I remember this being great," and I I watched it last week and I absolutely loved it. And I, I'd, I'd invite you to just help us understand why. You know, write into us, tweet us, what have you, but. I just think this has aged horribly. And and it, yeah. it was a really hard watch. And, you know, sometimes you sort of brace yourself, don't you, when we go on these yeah. rewatches and you're expecting something to be terrible. I was expecting this to be dark, you know. Um, but no, I, I, without showing my hand, which is probably a, a, fr- a pointless thing to say right now, but obviously I, I think this has aged particularly badly. And, and like I say, it's because of that um, lack of identity, lack of like, you know, actually shooting for something and having this mixed plot that absolutely means nothing, not really. I, I mean, tell me, what does, name me one memorable thing that Bat- Batman does in this movie, apart from, you know, take his mask off at the end there. He smolders, Dave, at the start. <laughs> That's right. That's all he smolders at the start. And then, you know, for Penguin's ridiculous but biblical plan to kidnap and drown all of the firstborns of Gotham, um, we get a silhouette of Batman, and that's it. That's all you yeah. see. And then that yeah. that's it. He saved the day, but and we get to see nothing of it. So I, I just think, you know, I, I, I quite liked Batman Forever, actually. I think that one is one of those that I was going back and uh, thinking, oh, the Schumacher movies, by God, they're terrible. But I ended up quite enjoying it. Um, whereas this one, I I, I thought was going to be better. Yeah, uh, and I just didn't. So just before we get into our review, Dave, I think it's about time we've run our promo for the VHS Strikes Back. Yeah, it's international debut. Enjoy. In a world of video stores and late fees, when movies ain't what they used to be. One podcast will change the world. They will embark on a journey to look at the good and bad movies from the golden era of home video. And things are about to get nostalgic. The VHS will rise and screaming will fall. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dave, this has got to be the worst promo I have ever heard. No, it isn't. If you're going down the route of the video trailer, man, Dave, I want a training montage. Coming soon on a podcast near you. If you listen to one podcast this week, then you're probably listening to Joe Rogan. But if you've exhausted all of the podcasts, then the VHS Strikes Back is one to try. So, Dave, I'll go first today. So... I don't think it's going to be any, anybody's going to be completely unexpected with what we're going to say here. It's a terrible movie. It's probably, I'd, I'd actually say, Dave, it's probably in the top five of the worst movies we've reviewed on the Comics in Motion. So we're at episode 103, and this is up there, definitely. So, ab- hold on, hold on. Top five. Let's go for it then. I mean, Tank Girl was the one that you'd said. I fucking hate it. Was, Tank Girl. Was this worst yeah. one. H- Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, Speed Racer. This, Speed Racer, there? yeah. That was up there, but it wasn't, I, I absolutely detested it. I did say Batman and Robin, Dave. That was probably the yeah. worst thing because of the budget. Uh, and then I did call out Nick Fury, but Nick Fury is an absolute classic now. I, I appreciate that. I think the Fantastic Four was probably one of the ones. But then afterwards, I felt sorry for the cast because of what they got shit on and that, because it was just basically a, a, about, a cheap about weird budget. science. Oh my God, Dave, don't there could be 10 here. But anyway, let's keep it to the top it's 10 in your then, Dave. Top, top five of 10, bar- <laughs> <laughs> of 10 awful movies. 
and I repeat as always, Dave. Fuck you. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> All right. I just, I just wanted to know where does it fit yeah, in those, yeah. those top, you know, those top movies that were pretty terrible. <laughs> right. Let me get to the review, Dave. <laughs> we called out here. You're right as well. Um, so Generation X. Right. Sorry. Oh no, yeah, good up. one. Yeah, good one. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, very good one that day. No, it's just poor. I think Danny DeVito is terrible. I'm not a fan of Michelle Pfeiffer. I think she's really wooden, and I think she gets away with a lot of it because of the cat suit. And Michael Keaton, they could have just had a hologram of him from the first movie and just cut scenes in because he does absolutely nothing. One to progress the Batman character, two to make me even invest in what he is, and three, he's still got the weirdest haircut for a Batman I've ever seen. He's just got a booth on haircut like my dad's Dave. So <laughs> I can say that because my dad's got the same haircut and he's 63 that he's had since he was a kid. It's the same haircut as Michael Keaton's. Um poor movie. Danny DeVito, he's probably the worst. I'd probably say Forget the movie. He's probably the worst bad guy I have ever reviewed on Comics in Motion. He's truly fucking dreadful. And for that, he's going all day long to... And then I said Dan Tween and Dave, that's the wrong podcast. Um, (laughs) He's going there as well, definitely. But to the Phantom Zone with General Zod, while General Zod sits on the toilet, having had a madras, and hopefully we never see it again as he flushes it all away, Dave. We could have... uh... Dantooine, which is obviously our bottom scale for VHS Strikes Back, we could send Dantooine. No, so we send Danny DeVito to Dantooine and then beam that, or not beam it, transport it to the negative zone or the phantom zone. And then, uh, yeah, Uh, then the Madras and everything kicks in. (laughs) (laughs) What about yourself, Dave? No, I don't think... I did think I was uh, not enjoying this movie, but having heard that passionate plea of yourself, I probably didn't hate it quite as badly as you. I think in terms of, you know, you're always looking for, from the actors, are they achieving what they set out to do? And I think Michelle Pfeiffer's portrayal of Catwoman is is kind of carried on from that you know, the Adam West series, Batman. So I think she's just hamming it up, but I think she's doing exactly what she sets out to do. I probably am because she's lovely. I'm being a bit of an apologist for her, but I make no apologies for that. (laughs) So I think Michelle Pfeiffer is the best thing in this movie. And to date, I think she's the best Catwoman we've seen as well. I think also in terms of positive, which we haven't really uh, talked about, I think the Danny Elfman score, again, as as with Batman 1989, is is very good. I think it, it feels a bit more prominent uh, to me as well. When I remember going back to the Batman 1989, we first introduced to that kind of Batman music. Obviously, they, they took that and used that for the animated series as well. But I, I think the music was a bit more prominent in this. And I think it just helped cr- to create that whole aesthetic of it. But Penguin, I, I hate what they've done with the character. You know, it, it, just to make him this kind of physically deformed uh, freak of nature that, you know, even when it's a baby, it's, it's trying to eat cats and stuff. Um, just just awful. Um, Michael Keaton, yep. I, I kind of didn't hate his portrayal of Batman in 1989, but definitely I didn't enjoy this one. I, and that rubber suit thing, it, it, again, it just hasn't really aged well. I, I do think you can see a progression, can't you, through all the movies that where the bat suit kind of evolves a bit and you know, it actually it isn't so obvious <laughs> that he just can't, you know, he's got no peripheral vision because he can't turn his neck with it. But yeah, the plot is absolutely awful. Um, so fragmented. You, you wonder if anyone actually did a, you know, a proofread on it before they started shooting. Christopher Walken uh, dialed it in like I've never seen him dial it in before. You know, he's been in some great things, but this isn't one of them. I, I, it's just, I don't know if he had no motivation, if he was just going for something that was a bit off, but I, I just thought it was pretty terrible. So I'm not going to send it to the Phantom Zone, but I am going to send it to Hell's Kitchen. This one is a massive disappointment of where I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot higher, but going back and rewatching it, I, it just it hasn't held up well. Yeah. No, that's great. Great, Dave. I, I, 
there's not much more we can say, really. Now, as we both alluded to, if you want to sort of counter what we think, we are available on Twitter at Comics in Motion P, or if you want to email in with a bit more of an in-depth argument or understanding of what the movie why you like it the comics in motion podcast at gmail.com because for the life of me and i'm not just speaking with it i haven't got a clue if anybody would like this but i would love to hear a reasoned argument on that and also if you do like the show guys and you have got time please can you get onto your podcast catching up and drop myself and dave a review on the show it just helps us grow and gets us out there to more people so dave great episode thank you so much trooping yourself through considering you've got man flu dave full respect my friend have you got anything to lead us out with now that you've got a sexy husky voice well so i don't know about sexy and husky but if if that's what you think chris then the only line i can really finish this off with which quite made me laugh actually and seemed fairly apt for me is when selena carl returns home and she goes honey i'm home oh i forgot i'm not married <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'm Eric Lentra. Tim Xavier, go fuck yourself. What in the ass? Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale of night? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of Jerome! Kneel before Zod! Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. I need Whoa! Hey! This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows, and this is one we think you're gonna love. Dating was hard enough before an international pandemic. Asking someone to meet me outside is indicative of how they feel. If they're willing to risk it, then they're in love with you. We all crave companionship, love, and intimacy. I feel like I need to make out with my dog just to see if I can remember how to. This podcast is a real-time look at dating with our new normal. This girl's like, I'm so bored, come over right now. I doubt a lot of guys are like, no, sorry, I'm trying to be safe. This is Dating Diaries. Quarantine Confessions. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.